Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome back to the State of the Muni Market podcast series here on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. For our conversation today, I am glad to be joined by Kathleen McNamara, Senior Municipal Strategist for the Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. Kathleen is joined by our featured guest, Chris Roberti of Mackay Shields Municipal Managers. So with that, Kathleen, I'll pass it over to you to further introduce Chris and to lead today's conversation. Welcome back. Thanks so much, Dan, for having us on today. And thank you, Chris, for uh, joining us today for a conversation on the state of the municipal bond market during these, what I'm going to call some interesting times. Um, We do have a lot of topics to cover, so why don't we just get started? And, uh, you know, thanks again, Chris, for coming back in to, um, to have a, a talk with us on the muni market. So, um, let's start off with, uh, the fact that the tax exempt municipal bond market is posting a pretty good total return thus far this year. Um, if I look at my screen this morning, I see that investment grade munis are up about 2% on a total return basis. And you have to double that for lower rated high yield munis, which are up about 4%. So given that performance, what are your reflections on that, and um, how did that stack up to your expectations at the beginning of the year? Yeah, and th- thanks again, Kathleen, for having me back. Really appreciate joining you today. Um, a couple things, right? I mean, if we look at the things that we expected versus those that we did not, let me let me start with the things that we thought might happen. Um, I guess first would be the things that were detractors last year, are actually the the things and the attributes that are contributors this year, right? So uh, at the long end of the curve, for example, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, uh, it's still a little bit steeper on the long end. Um, The shape of the curve is unique, but the long end is still the most attractive. Uh, It has outperformed on a year-to-date basis in, in certain pockets of the year, but it is still attractive. The other thing that we thought would happen is that the high-yield municipal marketplace, you know, the more liquid quality high-yield would perform well, uh, and that is happening as well. Um, and then also triple B bonds, you know, along those lines where, you know, in, in the marketplace with all the redemption pressure last year, single-A triple B bonds felt most of the pressure, uh, not because of credit, but just because of technicals and selling, right? And, and you know, we felt that it made a lot of sense to add more of that to high-yield at, at the same time, and we felt that it outperformed given the relative value opportunity. And, and that segment of the market's doing quite well relative to broader high yield. And last but not least, um, kind of outside the box a little bit, uh, taxable municipals, we just felt coming into the year that they would be a nice sort of added feature as a small exposure to a tax-exempt portfolio on the short end of the yield curve. And that's playing out pretty well. Um, things that I think we didn't necessarily expect exactly was that the, the outperformance of high yield has uh, versus investment grade municipals has exceeded our, our expectations a bit. Uh, we do think that a quality up posture does make sense. So for the average moderate investor, we would you know recommend a base case 80% investment grade fund, 20% to high yield. Um, I think the other thing too is you know as you pointed out, pretty pretty good year. Kathleen, so far on a year-to-date basis for municipals, um, I would say at the same time, on the heels of a, a tough year down double digits last year, I think we've also seen cycles where the market rallies so fast where you can get double digits really quickly, and you haven't seen that yet. 
right? And so I think it's been, in that regard, a little bit modest in terms of year-to-date performance. So I think the point is you've had a better tone year-to-date, but two to four, you know, for the first eight eight months almost is, I think, relatively modest when compared to last year. I think the good news, though, is a lot of clients on the heels of a dislocation, the market rally is so incredibly strong that clients feel that they missed the trade. Well, guess what? The good news is you haven't missed the trade, right? There's still ample opportunity. Right. That's a that's a really good point, Chris, that the, the yields are still uh, pretty attractive. And in, the, in uh, past cycles, we have seen, you know, when the muni market rallies so fast that people end up missing the opportunity, right? Um so given that, um, let's let's talk. So we talked about, you know, what happens, um, you know, year to date. So, so now let's talk a little bit about what your performance expectations are for the months ahead. You know, do you think munis can finish the year on, on a strong note? Uh, we do think uh, municipals can finish the year on a strong note. Um, you know, the second half, and I would even say the next 12 months, could be very, very interesting in terms of returns. I think it feels like there's a bit of a psychological shift around concerns around rates and inflation, you know, certainly we're not done. You know, there's, you can always get bouts of volatility in our market, but I would argue that that does fuel total return potential if you're an active manager. Our thought process is, uh, you know, those that are active uh, can do quite well. Our thought process is, you know, investors and and managers like ourselves really need to pick our spots um, and we do think, you know, in today's landscape, being active, having a total return-oriented approach is really key, right? And so as we alluded to earlier, year-to-date, you know, returns, depending upon where you are on the indices, are up 2 to 4%. Um, we do think there's plenty of runway over the next 12 to 18 months, and we are constructive on the market. You know, using that as an example, uh, if we look at our investment-grade portfolios, um, we're throwing off anywhere from about a 3.7 distribution yield to a four and a quarter on the high yield side. You figure a tax equivalent on that is somewhere in the five to seven camp, which, by the way, there's still opportunity for additional upside and total return just through spread compression, right? So I think the point is if you can get somewhere in the neighborhood of three and a half to four and a quarter just as a starting uh, out of the gate in terms of yield, and then add another, you know, X amount, and I won't make a prediction, but let's say hypothetically it's 50, 100, uh, even more than that on top. From a tax equivalent basis, very attractive. And I think the other last point is our market is so flow driven. And even though the market's delivered a solid return year to date, you still have not seen mutual fund flows return with any velocity, right? And so you might see that in the second half and into the, into next year. And if you do, that could actually drive stronger returns in the next six to nine months than you've seen year to date. Yeah, thanks for that point, Chris. So certainly it looks like uh, the muni market um, is poised to ha- have some good returns in, in the months ahead. Now let's like talk a little bit about monetary policy. I mean, you know, all the, you know, everybody's focused on, you know, the Fed. Uh, we've been watching this for quite some time now. Do you think the Fed is finally done, or do you think we're still going to get um, another rate hike here between now and the sure. end of the year? Yeah, that's a great question. You, you probably won't be surprised to hear me say this. Uh, I, I guess the first point I would raise is in the actual portfolios we manage, we, we take more of a duration-neutral posture. Uh, mm. we, we don't think anybody is consistently good, us or, or others, consistently good at making – 
duration bets in portfolios or, or rate calls in the strategies. That all said, your, your, your question is one of the most important uh, we've had not only today, but in, in prior months. Um, you know, I think it's, it seems clear that the Fed may go another zero to one more time. I mean, that seems to be the narrative by many. Uh, it's our thought process is we, you know, we're close to the end. Um, you know, I think when we look at it, it, it's hard to imagine that the Fed will ease in the very, very near term um, or as quickly as some might think. Uh, but that said, it's still our thought that fixed income could do quite well, uh, even if, if they stay kind of more in a flattish type environment in terms of rate policy, uh, given that fact that, you know, if one picks their spots, there are opportunities where munis are cheap versus treasuries. So even if you get something from a Fed policy point of view that's almost unchanged or a bit of a pause type environment for the foreseeable future, uh, the psychology of being towards the end or at the end could be, you know, a good little signal for folks to start adding capital to the space, which could cause spreads to tighten and, and, and cause, create some performance. There's a lot of psychology built in, I think, particularly in muties, uh, that could cause some, uh, some solid returns as we go forward, even if the Fed goes one more time and or even pauses going forward for the foreseeable future. Right, right. I agree with that. And, yeah, one of the things that we've been writing about is that, you know, for investors is, you know, rather than wait for the Fed to confirm that they're done with the hiking cycle, that investors should take a look at the yields now and lock in some of these attractive yields now rather than to try to time the market, as, as you were saying. So that is something that we've been talking quite a bit about with our our clients. So I'm glad to hear that you uh, you are having those same conversations as well. Um, let's move on. Let's dig down a little bit deeper and let's talk about positioning in the muni space. You know, what sectors are you finding the best value for your portfolios at the moment? You know, there's so many different sectors to choose from in the muni space. You know, anything from airports to hospitals to schools um, to general obligation bonds. So what can you share with us there? What what uh, sectors do you like right now? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, in terms of positioning, one of the things we came out with uh, in January was our, our top five insights for the year, which is our macro views, but also themes that we implement in the portfolios we manage. And the title was, you know, preparation seizes opportunity, right? So what a manager does during a dislocation like that really is a silver lining, if you will, to set up portfolios not only for three to six months from now, but three to five years from now. So all that being said, more direct to your point, from a sector point of view, it's, this is going to sound a little bit boring, a little bit down the fairway, but with the substantial dislocation we had last year, there's just opportunity across the board. We have really liked general obligation bonds, state and local, essential services, um, utilities, water and sewer, transportation, things that have really dedicated reliable income streams where 18 months ago, the yield profile on, on those types of credits were, you, you were lucky to get a 2% yield, you know, through the dislocation last year, and even to some degree today, you're getting north of a 4% yield. So that is pretty compelling where you're getting compensated to own quality, and at the same time, from just a relative value point of view. And then there's an ancillary benefit, because if, if for those that think we may have some you know, economic weakness and possibly some recessionary pressures. You know, you've given yourself a little bit of, you know, I guess, credit cushion, if you will, from that perspective. Um, you know, I know these aren't sectors, but I, I think the other point is 
you know, higher coupon bonds. That was an opportunity to add uh, those over the last 12 months at five plus percent coupons, uh, where those have a lot of scarcity value. Um, the last point is where are we cautious? Um, would be you know the, the the core credit fundamentals of the market are pretty solid, which we'll touch on in a minute. But we have been cautious on healthcare to a degree, not everywhere, but in certain pockets, as many of them are faced with margin pressure, uh, increased labor costs, labor shortages, and things of that nature. Right, right, Chris. Yeah, that's that's um, yeah, that's one of the points that we've been talking uh, quite a bit with our clients as well. You know that the uh, those quality sectors that you just mentioned, you know, state and locals, water and sewers, utilities, transportation, that you are getting paid, you know, a pretty good yield there. Um, so it makes sense to stay up in quality, and um, you know, the healthcare sector is, is an area where we're um, telling investors to exercise some some caution there as well. So I guess um, yeah, I guess you you did mention earlier that your position, your portfolio is I guess like eighty percent in investment grade and only twenty percent in high yields. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. And this this goes okay. to um, you know we've been publishing asset allocation guidance uh, for almost getting closer to ten years now, uh, where we sort of publish you know a combination of our funds. And that's right, you know, 80% investment grade, 20% the high yield, that's our neutral posture uh, where we recommend 80% to, uh, again, more of that quality up, and then 20% to our high yield fund. Of that 20% carve out in high yield, it's really only 10% double B and below, right? Because high yield municipal funds have, you know, that triple B and above exposure. So that is correct. Sure, sure. Yeah, and that, that's actually a really good point, too to uh, remind investors of that in the muni high yield space, you do end up buying some triple Bs, right? (laughs) Um, Yeah, so let's move on to the yield curve. Um, You know, unusual that we have an inverted tax-exempt yield curve. I mean, that was the the, the first time we even saw this happen was toward the end of last year. Um, And here we are, you know, more than halfway through the year. And if I look at the Muni yield curve today, it is still inverted. You know, the, the 210 certainly is still inverted. So um, we get a lot of questions about, okay, so if I can buy a AA two-year Muni today at 3.25%, or I can buy a 12-year AA Muni at the same yield, 3.25%, which one would you choose? <laughs> I think I'd buy the two-year um, for sure, Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. Now, what about uh, reinvestment risk then? Because, yep. you know, if, if everybody piles into the two-year, yeah, I mean, it's definitely attractive, um, but then what about reinvestment risk? Yeah, no, that that's absolutely a, 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 a val, you know, absolute valid reinvestment risk uh, is there for sure. And I think when it relates, you know, just to your point on, on curve positioning, uh, you know, definitely U-shaped. We kind of look at it and we see a bit of a ladle, right? You know, it looks like a ladle kind of going upward where the long end is attractive at the same time. Um, and I think part of that, to your point, is when you look at that intermediate segment, um, you, you are seeing, you know, muni to treasury yield ratios at kind of rich levels, right? You're around a 60% handle or so. I think part of that observation is you've seen uh, where, where you've seen positive flow into the market. Uh, it's a bit bifurcated, right? You've seen a lot of money coming into SMAs and ladders and ETFs. So I think the, the net result of that is those you know those inter, those core intermediate high grade bonds have rallied 
and are a bit more rich relative to treasuries. But to, to that point, when it comes to portfolio positioning, you know, you kind of go to 15 year plus, it really steepens. Um, you know, you look at 15, 20, 30 year bonds, uh, where munis are pretty attractive. You know, muni yields versus treasury yields are closer to 90%. Um, and part of that is because your natural buyer there is who? It's mutual funds. And year to date, it's about a net negative $6 billion, right? It's, still, it's better than last year, but it hasn't come into the same magnitude that you've seen in the intermediate side. So uh, we've been positioned with a longer posture in our portfolios, uh, but still you know, managing our duration close to the bench through a variety of tools, whether it's a, you know, using futures hedges or just uh, barbelling a bit. But uh, we, we, we have liked that longer end to capture that income but also kind of managing our duration profile uh, prudently. Right. Yeah. No, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Um, now, away from like reinvestment risk, um, interest rate risk, let's talk a little bit about um, perhaps some other headwinds to the asset class. In the first week of August, we did see Fitch ratings surprise the financial markets by downgrading the U.S. sovereign credit to AA plus from AAA, citing a variety of reasons. As a result, some areas of the muni market that are reliant on the U.S. sovereign for repayment were also downgraded. Pre-refunded munis, um, some housing bonds that are backed by uh, Fannie Mae and some of the um, agencies were also downgraded. So given that backdrop, um, what do you think this rating action means for the muni market as a whole? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I think it's a very modest impact overall. Um, if you look at the $4 trillion marketplace, municipals, it really impacts around $7 billion out of $4 trillion. So pretty, pretty small overall. Uh, to your point, you know, it does have some impact uh, in terms of rating on advanced refunded, you know, pre-refunded bonds, of course, where those are escrowed in treasuries for the first call date. You know, I can tell you looking this today, uh, you haven't really seen spreads widen out at all, you know, today versus a month ago when you look at the pre-refunded index versus the AAA. It's kind of unchanged. So the market has sort of shrugged that off, at least from a spread point of view. And to your point, uh, some municipal housing bonds are secured by mortgage-backed securities through Fannie, Freddie, and, and, and Ginnie Mae. So, um, but again, you haven't really seen much spread movement there either. So overall, pretty modest. I do think, you know, more broadly, it's worth monitoring the broader landscape because it does highlight general governance risk uh, where maybe, you know, there could be some long-term implications to think about for the municipal marketplace that has some reliance, um, such as Medicare, infrastructure funding, and things of that nature. But, but overall, to your point, I think it's a, a very modest impact at this stage. Right, right, yeah. Overall, very modest, but definitely something just to uh, keep in mind when uh, we're doing our credit analysis going forward um, over the, the variety of sectors in the muni space, right? Um, so putting this all together, Chris, we did talk quite a bit about, you know, the, the better performance in munis in 2023 versus 2022. Perhaps, you know, there's some room to run between now and the end of the year. Um, the inverted muni yield curve, which is unusual, as well as some good opportunities in high-quality munis at the longer end of the yield curve, particularly on a taxable equivalent basis, as you mentioned earlier. Do you have any final thoughts for our municipal bond investors that you'd like to share? Yeah, no, and thank you. Um, 
Kathleen, appreciate that. I, I'd say, you know, a couple things. One is, you know, overall, uh, yes, you've had a very solid tone this year, year to date, certainly better than last year, but we are still very, very constructive on the market when you look at these very attractive levels. You know, we do think, you know, to Kathleen's summary just earlier, you do need to pick your spots wisely. We do think active management is key. Um, you know, right now, for example, using our funds as a, just a proxy, if you're throwing off 370 to four and a quarter in tax-free income, uh, you really have a head start in the quest for total return versus 18 months ago, right? And so, and, and on a tax equivalent basis, pretty attractive. When you look at these levels, couple it with the fact that credit, credit fundamentals broadly are pretty strong, not everywhere, but the vast majority of the market, when you look at tax collections at the state and local level, upgrades, outpacing downgrades, pretty solid backdrop from a credit fundamentals point of view with a couple of exceptions. We talked about healthcare. You got to monitor that closely. Some other very speculative pockets you have to monitor closely, but pretty strong. And then the last piece is supply and demand. You know, technicals are in our favor at the same time. I mean, year to date issuance is down around 15% versus last year. Uh, we do think there's going to be kind of a, a, a quest to kind of, you know, add yield back to a portfolio again. So I think that bodes well uh, for the long term, you know, short to intermediate term, I should say. Um, but yet there will some be, be some probably be some volatility along the way. So, right, yeah, no, that's a good point, Chris. We did we didn't get to supply, but you're you're absolutely right. Supply was much lower this year, and that was that was another tailwind for the muni market. So let's end there with that point. Um, you are constructive on the muni market going forward, so that is good news for. Muni um, investors, taxable equivalent yields are pretty attractive, uh, certainly much more attractive than we've seen in recent years, and credit fundamentals remain strong. So thanks so much, Chris, for speaking with us today. We greatly appreciate your insights on the municipal bond market. Again, that's Chris Roberti, Chief Marketing Officer with McKay Municipal Managers and affiliate of New York Life. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliates. The views and opinions expressed in this material by external guest speakers are those of the author, speaker, and are not those of UBS, its subsidiaries, or affiliates. Accordingly, UBS does not accept any liability over the content of this material or any claims, losses, or damages arising from the use or reliance of all or any part thereof. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient, and is published for informational purposes only. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.